Lord speaking to me in worship. I feel like he's given us a season of releasing his fire and glory. If those words sound too Christian, just showing us that he's there. And I believe after Easter, he's going to transition us. And I believe there's going to come a real poking and prodding of our character and behavior. Just really sense it. We had planned some sermon series which actually would deal with that, but I just really sensed the power on it today. That like, I'm showing you how powerful I am and how great I am so that in a couple of months' time I can prod and poke at you. So just be prepared. (laughs) I'm giving you a warm-up now, so deal with the stuff now, so that when it's preached on, you feel like, wow, yeah, I'm, I'm already there, man, I'm trying. There's nothing better than that, is there, in a preach. Um, I just, I feel like he's going to come after our pride, and I feel like he's going to come after our fear, and our apathy, and he's going to start saying, am I really worthy? It's funny, isn't it? We sing the song, and then we live a life that just... I mean, he loves us. There's grace, amen? Luckily, there's grace, right? So we're covered no matter what. And he understands that we're imperfect people. But we do carry the righteousness and the holiness of the Lord. And the glory of God does dwell within us. And I think there's something in us that needs to say, I need to start walking and talking a little bit differently because of what I carry. And I think it's a significant thing for us to do. So I believe we're going to step into that um, in the months to come. Amen? Amen. Do you like the person you're sitting next to? All right, what if it comes up? Okay, I'm going to do part three of Drink of the Spirit. Um, I think I do have part four next week. God started speaking to me. And this is, I don't know, part six or seven of Flammable series now. I don't know. um, But God is moving amongst us, and I'm really, really thankful for it. Uh, I hope you received something from these teachings. Um, If you haven't been here before and you keep hearing this phrase, Drink of the Spirit... I know it sounds really weird, don't worry, we all know it sounds a little bit weird, but um, there is real biblical truth behind it, and I hope that you are fully aware now that the answer to our satisfaction and a joy in our life comes from learning to connect and meet with God. Yes? Has that stuck with you, or do I need to get some actors back up to uh, dramatize? I hope it stays with you, that this, that is the solution, Okay? I went and preached at a youth ministry on Friday night in Nottingham, great church called Heart Church. Uh, I've known them for a long time, I was preaching at a youth ministry. And as I stood up, I wanted to share it with them. There was like 150 young people there, lots of them not believers. And I just kind of went for it with them. And I was like, guys, this is the answer. And I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Like, I feel like before I had to kind of be more relevant to prove it or something, I don't know. But I'm just, I'm just saying to you, I'm not ashamed that that is the answer. And I put it on my Instagram, so I'm like, guys, I don't care who sees it. I want you to know you're looking for something which we know the answer to. 
And the answer is to come and meet with God, to drink of the Spirit, which means just to come and meet with Him, be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then you will have this eternal living water within you that will be there to satisfy and bring joy and bring peace and guidance and power and comfort and teaching and all these things. And I just want us to know that this is it. When you go about your week this week, if you have a moment where you feel like, am I doing what God asked me to do, or do I feel purposeful, do I feel significant, or why do I look the way I look, or why is this happening to me? Don't try and fix the answer. Don't try and figure it out. Instead, go back to God. Go into the private room, close the door, and say, God, I must drink of your spirit. That is the answer, my friends. It astounds me. It astounds me how many Christian people, we go to church, we do the stuff, but in midweek, we don't even talk to Jesus again. I'm like, this should be a daily thing. He is our daily bread, right? Must meet with him so that the flesh doesn't win over, that myself doesn't win over, but actually the spirit of God wins over in my life. It also astounds me, by the way, how many couples don't pray together? How many families don't? Guys, we've got to do it. I know it's awkward, all right? We've all been there, right? But you've got to do it. Even if it's just a 10-second whatever blessing on, especially husbands over your wives, I'd really recommend that. Just grab them for a moment. Say, be blessed in the name of Jesus. It doesn't have to be much. Just let's get praying. Let's get helping each other drink of the Spirit. And can I please, please encourage you, teach your children in this way. Oh, I want to push that. Please, get your children into a room. May they hear your praying voice more than any other voice that you have. May they hear that more than your discipline voice. May they hear that more than just the way you talk to each other or the way. May they hear your prayer voice. They should, you know, joke around and imitate your tongues because they hear it so much. That would be fun, wouldn't it? You know, let them, let them hear your praying voice so they know what it sounds like when you pray to the Lord. They know what it looks like. They know what it feels like. We must drink of the Spirit, church. That is the answer. That is the solution. Do you believe me? Do you believe me to a place where it's actually going to change your life? You're going to change decisions, change things, change the order in which you do things, change the way you look at your life. Yeah? I told a bunch of young people this on Friday. I spoke about the glory of the Lord filling the temple like we did in our first week here at Flow Church. And then I said to them, let me demonstrate what this power can do for you. So I called loads of them out. Loads of them came and kneeled down at the front, received prayer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of them not even believers. And I was like, I don't quite understand the theology of this moment, but hey, we'll go with it. <laughs> and uh, praying for them, lost them encountering God. And then we prayed for miracles to happen and, and God was good, as always. And uh, we saw amazing things happen in the lives of young people. We saw particularly asthma. Uh, young people who could, you know, struggling to breathe or when they took deep breaths could feel the constriction of asthma just gone in the name of Jesus. Um, we saw a girl, <laughs> uh, we, saw a, we saw a girl who had um, pulled a sh uh, muscle in her shoulder and then in a dance routine she'd locked it and then uh, after receiving prayer she just started swinging it around and completely healed. And then we prayed, uh, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a, an attack over young people right now with depression and anxiety, and I do believe it's a spiritual thing. I try not to sound too spiritual, but I just, it is. 
and um, we prayed for a lot of young people who are struggling with depression and anxiety. Lots of them, obviously it's hard to tell in a moment, but lots of them testified to feeling a complete shift and, and joy that they've never felt like before. And in fact, just to make sure I tested it out with them, I said, if that's true for you, I want you to go and do a cartwheel in freedom. So they just started doing, we had young people just doing cartwheels in the middle of, the, in the middle of all the people just to show their freedom. And not only that, but as that was happening, some of them actually got completely healed of the scars that they had marked themselves with as they were being healed in the mind, they were being healed in the body, which is, I think is pretty awesome. And uh, one of the stories, which is probably my favorite from one of the team, she said she was on the door, um, which she, you, know, you need for young, young people's ministry when they're running in and out. She was on the door, and one of the young people came, like, running out, and he was just crying and everything, and she was like, are you okay, are you okay? And he was like, man, just something's happening. He wasn't, he wasn't a believer, and the Holy Spirit was meeting with him, and he's like, I don't know what's happening, but something's happening to me. I can feel it in my inside, and the Holy Spirit was meeting with him, and he said, look at my arm. My scars are healing right now. And he was completely freaking out about it. <laughs> it was funny. And uh, don't you love it when you first meet God? You're like, what, the, what is happening? What is this? And uh, so he had, he had an amazing encounter with God. And we had young people that had social anxiety. Not, they couldn't speak to anyone. Start stand, they came up on stage and testified just to say, I've been free of it. And, and uh, it was an amazing time. Um, and I, just, I was just like, guys, this is it. This is it. This is the solution. There is no formula, no plan. It's not a strategy. We don't need to build any new organizations. The church is it. And it is filled with the spirit, which is going to sort us all out for a, for a long time. And I just think that is, that is the source. And I, I just want to push it again and again and again. I don't even mind if you get a little bit bored of hearing me today. Because I want you to hear it so much that you go, all right, here he goes again. So that you know it. That you know it. That this is the solution. If you're struggling with anything in your life, get back to God. Drink of his spirit once again so that you can be refilled to go. Want to see some healing today? That's fine. I I don't have to. You don't. (laughs) I can just talk if you like. Do you want to see something? Should we go for it today? Yeah? Amen. Uh, If you are sick um, or you have serious injury in your body or whatever it is that you feel like is hindering you and you know it's not what God gave you, even if it's glasses and you're trying to see, we're praying for that this year. Emily is really pushing for that. Um, and particularly, I felt in my spirit, somebody here, uh, something to do with the throat. And I was like, that's a weird one. Um, but there's someone here, something significant with the throat. In fact, let me just ask you right now, is, is, is the person here? Just put your hand up for me, if anything going on with the throat. Is it John? Fantastic, man. Great. It's, it's your day, mate. It's your day. The Lord told me about it. I was like, that sounds like a weird one, but I'm going to go with it. And I felt like it was more significant than just a cold. I felt like there was something, there was something going on there. Um, so we're going to pray for you specifically. But if, if you'd like to join John and pray for any miracle in your life, you just stand up for me. And John, if you could stand up as well, that'd be great. Just stand up where you are. Okay, church, and if somebody is nearby... Um, you can join them, stand with them, put a hand on their shoulder, ask them what the problem is, if they would like to tell you. They don't have to. Ask them what it is, and then I want you to pray in the name of Jesus that it would be gone and that the healing would come to their body.
Lord Jesus, right now, we declare. Where's Rocco? Is Rocco there? Is he coming down? Come to the front, Rocco. I pray for you. That's fine. Come here. Come here. I'm going to pray for you. mighty name, a healing for his body, and I pray right now a healing in his mind, I pray for greater progression, and may he keep astounding teachers and parents alike as he keeps advancing and growing and maturing, God I pray bring a healing right now to his mind and to his body, I pray in Jesus mighty name, everybody said, Amen, oh yes, can I pray for you my friend, I'm just going to pray for you, okay? You, just, just, you can just stand there. That's all you have to do. Lord Jesus, I pray for my friend George here, Lord God. I pray in your mighty name that you'd bring a healing to his mind and to his body. I pray right now in Jesus' name that you'd bring clarity. May he progress in his speech and in his social understanding. May he progress in his behavior. Lord God, may he astound the people around him as he advances and moves forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, now if, just when you've finished praying, ask them to test it out if they can, if they feel any different. If you see any different, just give me a wave. I want to share some stories today. Everyone with the glasses, they're like, can I see any better? Come and see if there's any difference. Anybody different? Come on. I don't think you need to look that hard. <laughs> no change in anyone? Or are you just being shy? You can't tell. Okay, lots of you can't tell. John? Can you tell? Sorry? You can't tell. Ah, this is the problem. Anybody else? All pressure's on Jane now, and it's like, <gasps> I'm absolutely relaxed, guys. Don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about it. They're testing me in the house. I almost don't want to move on until I got one, but maybe that's just a bit stubborn. Come on, John. So just why I can't tell at the moment is because it's, it's, it's deeper than just a cold. So for some time now I've had an issue with swallowing that's around social anxiety and it's really wrapped up in a, in a spiritual attack. So for me it's, it's around food and being in a situation that all of a sudden I start to feel very aware of people around me. And if I'm sat in a restaurant then it's almost like my throat closes up and I physically choke. It's very distressing. I actually feel like I'm dying. It's happened a lot of times and... Just more recently, it, it came back. It happened a few years ago, kind of alleviated. And so when you said, I love my wife because she just gave me a little kick. <laughs> <laughs> Throw, that's you. Get, get up, stand up, receive it in Jesus' name. So, so for me, for anybody, that's why I say I, I, I can't test it out yet. So just keep praying for me for this breakthrough, believing that, that God will just take that away by spirit. 
because it's a, it's a fear thing now. It, it gets compounded by being in a situation. And, and Liam said, we're not given a spirit of fear. We're given a love of power, a sound mind. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just standing with anybody else here that feels that sense of, you know, being wrapped up in fear and overwhelmed. Let's stand together, you know. We, we are all in this together. There's nobody does this alone. There's little things that are on the seat that say, well, this is family. Nobody should leave here today not feeling that they're part of a family. Nobody should leave here today without at least grabbing somebody, even if nobody's done it yet, and say, would you just pl- pray for me now? I want to leave this place different. So keep praying for me. Thank you. Do you want me to stand? Yeah. Let's pray for you. Oh, Lord. You want to stand? Just feel like I'm standing because I don't want it. You know, I'm just like standing up to this. I command right now in the name of Jesus that all oppression of the enemy, any demonic force in your life, be gone right now. I say social anxiety, be gone right now in the name of Jesus. You are set free. You are, you are given a spirit of love, of discipline, and of a sound mind. I speak it over you that fear will not haunt you. Fear will not plague you. I command in the name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, the throat will not swell up. Next time you're in a social situation, you will feel the peace and the power of God upon your life. In Jesus' mighty name, I command it, and you are now set free, my friend, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, God. Bless you, Lord. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else need it? Just feel like... Anyone else just desperate for healing, desperate for breakthrough? <laughs> I didn't say it. Sekinda? Amen. Thank you. Testimony. Appreciate it. Come on, anyone else? Just want to roll with this. Okay, come on, let's go after it again. Anyone with glasses that wants to be healed, come to the front. I'm going to lay hands on every single one of you. Come on, wouldn't that be a cool testimony, right? Hey! Got excited, it's a very loud mic. <laughs> All right, Pauline, come on, man, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> if you have stocks and spec savers, yeah. So. Okay, glasses off if you can, please. Yes, so you can see the difference. Now, let me build faith. Let me build faith. Let me build faith. First thing, it is absolutely biblical. Moses was known for not having weak eyes when he died. So his age, even though he was old, it did not affect his eyes. He kept pure eyes. He could see all the time. 
And not only that, but I've seen amazing breakthrough with eyes. I remember praying for a lady who was in her 60s, and she had serious cataracts in her eyes to the point where they were going to have to perform some operations on her. And uh, we prayed for her, and as we prayed, in that, in that moment, the cataracts had disappeared from her, and she could see without glasses. She still, to this day, sees without glasses. Every time I see her, I get really excited. So I'm like, thank you, God. So it is absolutely possible. I've even seen before somebody's eye flick back into places their eye had been distorted. And so I, it is absolutely possible. So just believe it right now. Okay? So put your hands on your eyes for me. Should we stand up? Yeah, Viviana, man. I love it. Let's stand up to it. I don't want it anymore, all right? In Jesus' name right now, I command that sight be restored in the name of Jesus. I command it and I ask it in the mighty name of God. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right now, command healing to these eyes in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right now, Holy Spirit, heal these eyes right now. May you lose, may your May you lose color blindness as well. May you see correctly as God intended you to see. In Jesus' mighty name, right now, eyes be healed. Thank you, God. Yes, right now, in Jesus' mighty name, we're going to see amazing healing. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Yes, Keith. In the name of Jesus, Keith, receive your sight. May it be a testimony to your workplace. May it be a testimony to your family. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, God, right now. Heal these eyes, Lord Jesus. May he see color as you intended him to see color as well. In Jesus' mighty name, completely restore this man's vision. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord God. Yes, Jesus, healing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Amen. You ready for the fun bit? All right, see what you can see. Can you read the screen? Anyone notice any different? If you do, just make some noise, get excited. I'm good, don't worry, it's fine, I'm relaxed. No different? Your long vision. Do you want to read the signs at the back? <laughs> yeah, big flow church. <laughs> yeah, healing. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah? And you can see it. Yeah. Amen. Do you believe it now? Okay, let's pray for you again. Come on, I don't need to preach. Let's pray. Come on, put your hands on your eyes. Come on. Now you've seen it. Julia, do you want to come and lay hands on people as well as God has given it to you? Just, just touch them on the head and walk past them. Right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for you that you be completely healed. Eyesight restored right now. Thank you, God. Right now, in Jesus' mighty name, eyesight be restored. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Right now, in Jesus' name. Come on. In Jesus' name, right now breakthrough. God, give this man a great testimony. In Jesus' name, give this man a great testimony. Thank you, Lord God. Bless you. In Jesus' name, be healed right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Keith, man, I'm believing for you today, man. I just believe it's your day. In Jesus' name, right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Now let's do the fun bit. Test it out for me. If you need to read a book, do that, whatever. Is there anyone else that wants to join Julia today? It's exciting, isn't it? No one else? Keith's really staring intently. He's like, I want this! (laughs) Any change? You don't have to pretend. 
Let's get a book up here. Come on. Jamie, of course you got a book. Like, what you d- Who needs a book to test it out? You feel? Yeah, yeah, you are, Pauline. Come on. Pauline, you're looking great in blue, by the way. Looks amazing. Good color on you. Can't see what it's called. <laughs> it's fine if it's not. No pressure. You don't need to perform. Okay. All right. <laughs> Come on then, mister. All right. People are getting carried up. This is getting exciting. Paul, come on. You asked for it. You're on the trustee board, mate. It means you have to take responsibility. You can pray. Oh, no, come on. Yes, you can. Come on, Paul. Okay. Okay, hands on your eyes, everybody. We're going to go. Eyes be open in Jesus' name. Eyes be open in Jesus' name. Be well. Be restored in Jesus' name. Be restored. Eyesight be restored in Jesus' name. Eyesight be restored in Jesus' name. Eyesight be restored. Be restored in Jesus' name. Eyes be well, be open. Be good as new in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come. Be restored. Sight be restored. Be like new in Jesus' name. Be like new. Eyesight be restored. Eyesight be restored. Eyesight be as good as new in Jesus' name. Eyesight be as good as new in Jesus' name. Eyesight be as good as new in Jesus' name. Eyesight be restored as good as new in Jesus' name. Eyesight be restored in Jesus' name. Eyesight can be restored as good as new in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. We have another testimony here. Do you just want to share a little bit? Um, I can see a lot. Uh, it's more long distance, but I can see the color a lot more amen. when I when the when he laid hands on me. So um, yeah, that's Praise pretty impressive. God. Yeah. Just to be clear, she was she was freaking out about it as it was happening. She's very calm now. She's like, yeah, of course. You know, now I can see. It's easy. So I appreciate, I appreciate it though. All right, anyone else? I mean, I think it's a good breakthrough for us, but is there anyone else? Want to test it out? Have a look. It's fine. Oh, you got, you got excited. <laughs> Everyone else all right? All right, we'll keep praying for it. But let's thank God for the two people today that had eyesight improvement and restoration.
Hey, that's a good day, isn't it? Well done, Paul. See more of that. Right. Enjoy that? Feeling good? Should we open up the Bible? Okay. Uh, we're going to go to John 4 again. I'm going to continue from last week. I'm going to start at verse 27 if you're following with your own Bible. If not, it will appear on the screen, won't it, Jacob? Yes, it will. Amen. Okay, the Bible says this. Uh, Jesus said to her, remember the woman at the well he's speaking to? She came looking for some physical water. He talked to her about living water. And he's not meant to be meeting with her because she's a woman from Samaria, but he's breaking all the rules because he's Jesus. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he, the one, the Messiah, the one that's going to give you living water. I am that guy. That is me. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ, the Messiah, the one we're waiting for? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Oh, they went out of the town and were coming to him. That's the people from Samaria. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, please eat. You have a physical need that has not been met. I want to help you meet that physical need. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Please hear this moment. A physical need was met by a spiritual decision. Physical need was met by a spiritual principle. Can I actually remind you that the physical longings you have in your body, in your life, are actually reflections and images of your spiritual longing for God. And that's why we fast, that's why we do it, because what we do is we remind ourselves, we, we force our body to have physical need of food to remind us of our longing and our desire for the Lord. That's why we fast, it's to get rid of the flesh and increase the spirit within us. And so can I just remind you, lots of things that you think you need in this world actually can be met by a spiritual encounter. You think you need that job, you think you need that house, you think you need that money, you think you need that situation to go the way you want it, you think you need the storm to pass, but yet it's actually a spiritual decision that actually overcomes and fills that physical need. I think that's pretty awesome. If you really took that on board, that could change your whole life. Anytime you know you're in physical need, you can say, you know what, God, I'm going to come to you instead. And I'm going to be sustained by you. That's why Jesus Christ says in the desert with the devil, he says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. He's saying the same thing. Guys, it's not the physical things you actually need. It's the spiritual things you need, because that's why she's going to last forever. Another moment I love where Jesus demonstrates this is in the boat when he, when he takes a nap in the middle of a storm. I love it. They think they're physical need. They're like, oh, I, 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 must, I must try and fix the storm. I must try and control the boat. And he's like, no, no, no. We just need to trust what the Lord said. He already said we're going to get to the other side. We're going to get to the other side. No matter, what, no matter how crazy this, no matter if a bunch of sea monsters come and attack us, if he said it, it's going to happen. I can actually take a nap. And so what's funny is if they were probably really tired trying to control the boat. And actually their physical need would have been met if they took a spiritual decision and said, I'm going to trust the word of the Lord. Then they would have been able to have a rest. That's a big deal. Yeah? You with me on that? 
Okay, uh, what was the verse before, sorry? My food is to, and to, yeah, that's it, sent me and to accomplish the work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? He's changing bit of subject, but it's not. It's just another imagery of the same thing. He's talking to his disciples, Jesus, and he's saying that you guys have this saying. You have this saying that there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. He says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes. And lots of um, commentaries and uh, theologians would suggest that actually, because before it suggests that the people are coming from the town, he's saying, look, they're coming. There is a group of people coming from this town, and they're coming to meet with us right here, right now. I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering, gathering fruit and it's for eternal life. So that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that of for which you did not labor. Other, other labors, others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Sorry, that was a tricky passage. But that might go over your head as it did when I first read it. But let me explain a little bit. What he's trying to say to disciples is, look guys, not only have I actually labored here right now with this woman, and now she's gone into town, and she's about to bring a load of people that are going to respond to me and actually become believers, but actually there's been prophets, and there's been people, and that's why Jacob's well is there as an imagery. Again, there's been Jacob. There's all these people that have gone before you who have labored into the land and into sown seeds into the ground, and now you're coming along, and you're actually going to reap all of these things because the disciples were the beginning of this reaping. We live in that season now of the reaping. Like wherever we go, the light comes and actually things, that we should expect things to happen because goodness and love follow us all the days of our life. Whenever you turn up to town, goodness and love show up as well. Now this is a big deal for us for a moment. Let me just stop here. It's not the main point I want to suggest today, but I think it's a really interesting point. It's amazing to think what's happened in stains since the apostles' time. I just wonder how many people have preached the gospel here? I wonder how many people have prayed for this bit of land. I just wonder. And what the best thing about God is, God doesn't leave prayers unanswered. He may not answer them in your lifetime. Because he thinks generationally. Time is nothing to him. He, he sees in eternity. So actually you're panicking about it must be solved in this lifetime. He's thinking, no, no, I've taken it and I've sown a seed. And at the right time it will be brought up and you'll reap a harvest from it. And I just started to think, I wonder what has happened here before. I wonder if anyone's died for the faith in this town. In England, that is very possible. There was a season in the Middle Ages, especially when Christians who believed in uh, justification by faith and even believed in the word of God were killed for it. And I wonder just how many people have died to do it. I think what I love about Martin Luther, if you know the name, I'm look, I, I, don't, I walk towards Jamie because he's an expert. I don't know why, I just immediately drawn to him just to check my facts. He died simply because he believed the Bible. He believed that you can be justified by your faith alone and in everything that Jesus Christ has done for you. You don't need to act in certain ways. You don't need to pay the right money to be forgiven and all that stuff. He believed that and he got killed for it. You and I live on the benefit of that. We don't even think about it. In fact, if you believe the other way, we're like, that's a bit weird. I just think it's amazing to think about what has been sown in the soil and then what can you and I harvest here? I'm also thinking about Keith as well. Pastor Keith from Hyth Community Church who came and joined us when we turned up. How many years he's been preaching the gospel in this land? And I'm sure Keith knows people that were preaching here before he did. And I'm just excited to come and reap of what they have sown. 
And not only that, but then to sow myself for our children. I just get excited about it. I just think it's really an interesting point to think about what God might do through us. Amen? Okay. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you have said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that, in, that this is indeed the saviour of the world. Amen? Now, there's really just one major thing I want to say today, so it's good that we took some time to pray. Because last week, I really wanted to finish with this point, but I didn't really get to because of time. And uh, it's this point where you see the woman, in fact, if you read a little bit before, it says the woman leaves her jar behind when she meets with Jesus, which I find fascinating. She comes for water, she leaves with living water. And it's so good to her that she actually forgets the jar in which she came with. And it also shows an urgency in her to go back and tell others. Then she goes back to her hometown. And it appears as though not only does God fix the problems in her life, but it's actually an abundantly gift. It's it's an overflowing gift. You see, for me, if God wanted to fix the problems in her life, she would have gone back and found community. Because that's what she lacked. She came at midday by herself to the well because the other women do not want to be associated with her. Yet now we see in this passage, she goes home and she brings everyone else with her. She actually not only goes back and finds community, she goes back and finds a flock. She left as an enemy and came back as the leader. And I think there's something extremely significant in this moment. Guys, don't come to church just to meet your needs. Do that. But then expect an abundant giving of grace to your life. Expect an overflow. Expect abundance. Expect prosperity around you. Not just about money. That's not what I'm trying to say. Prosperity in the things that you do and who you are. You should expect an overflow of who you are to impact the people around you. This woman is an example here of that moment. Don't come to church just thinking, I I just need it because I need the community for me or or I I need to come and get those feelings I get. No, come to church because you know God wants to give you more than you can ask or imagine so that you can then take it to your world and you can actually not only be accepted in that world but actually be a leader in that world. I want us to think and dream bigger. It's tricky when we say dream big because then we worry that we're going to make our own dreams. What I'm really trying to say is dream that God can use you more than you think he can. When Dylan came along, we had a great time with Dylan. In fact, I spoke to him last night. He's going to come back in May. So we're trying to see if we can make it happen that he can come and preach here as well. And um, as we were chatting, we were having this discussion. And he said to me, Liam, I think you as a church and as a team need to dream more. I said, all right, I think I've got pretty big dreams, but... You know, I'll take that one. He said, try this challenge. Try and write a hundred dreams down. And I was like, yeah, that actually sounds like a real challenge. And I I haven't really sat down to try it yet. I will promise I'll, I'll try and do that. But I just felt like this urge from him. It's not really about the practical application, but just I felt this urge from him to think and dream bigger about what God can do through me. 
And I really want to pass that on to you guys as well. I really want you to start dreaming bigger about how God is going to use your life. If you just see God as a place to have your needs met, then you're actually underestimating what God can do through you. God just doesn't want to put you in the community. He actually wants you to be a leader of the things around you. Not just, not, it doesn't have to be a leader, but you understand what I'm saying. He might make you an evangelist. He might make you a prophet. He might make you a healer. He might make you all kinds of things. He might do all kinds of things in your life. But I just need us to increase our faith again and say, I believe that God can do this. Not only did the woman have this moment, by the way, the disciples actually had this moment. Because Jesus says to them, guys, look up your eyes, there's a harvest coming. And what he's saying, you know, by implication, is that you need to harvest it. Now this is really interesting, because the disciples, only, this is not long into Jesus' ministry, so you're talking maybe months before, were just fishermen, tax collectors, normal, everyday people. And now Jesus is saying to them, I want you to harvest people for me. Their life was changed. Okay, maybe I'm not making my point deep enough. Let me, get, let me go with it even further. These people, their disciples, they end up, within just a few months of knowing Jesus, they turn around that they were, six months ago they were fishermen, and now they are standing with people they consider their enemies, and they are about to go into their hometown and see miracles, signs, and wonders, and lots of them accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's happened in a six-month time span. God wants to do things in your life and he wants to move you and get you to do things you never even dreamt that you would end up doing. Something I love about Flow Church is what our mission trips. I do love the fact that we have mission trips because you never just, you never know what's going to happen. I met Paul uh, 18 months ago or something like that. In, in August 2018, that's when I met him, right? Paul and Adele came to the interest night and I met them there. Um, only last October, Paul and I ended up together. We'd only known each other for just over a year, and now we were together in the rain in Greece, Athens. And what were we doing? We were on the hunt for water for refugees. I think that's cool. I haven't met Holly very long. I haven't known her very long. It's only been 18 months or so the same. Holly's actually our first baptism here at Flow Church, so I always feel that's really special. But last year, when we'd only known each other maybe even six months, Holly and I, we ended up in Portugal together going on the street and praying for people to know Jesus Christ. Not only that, but then Holly last year also went to Estonia with us. I've only known Holly a year, but now we're in Estonia together, and actually Holly ends up praying for someone to be completely healed. Is that the first time you've seen a healing in your life? That is the first miracle she ever saw. Just coming to church within a year, before she knew it, she could have never dreamt or imagined that she would end up in Estonia praying for teenagers to be healed of all kinds of pains in their body. But just by saying yes to Christ and believing a bit bigger for your life, you'll never know where you end up. And I need you to believe that it's for you. Not just for me. I don't, I don't want this church to be that you watch me and Emily live a really crazy life full of God adventures. I want you to live them. I am so pumped that in our Greece trip going to April, we have 14 people signed up, and one of them is Pauline. I'm just really impressed by you, Pauline. I just think that is awesome that Pauline is going. I'm not going to say her age, but I think it's awesome that she is going. And not only that, but Lemony is going, and Lemony's a teenager. You've got to believe that God wants to use you. Now, Pauline, you don't know what's going to happen in Greece, Right? I promise she'll be, she'll be flying first class and staying in the nicest hotel, I'm sure. But 
she, who knows, she might meet somebody at the refugee camp or when they're serving food or when they're helping the gypsies that just needed to hear from her. And in Pauline's life, she'll be able to share a story in her journal or to her grandkids or whatever. And she'll be able to say, I remember this time where the Lord used me in Greece. And guys, it's the same for you. I want you to increase what God is going to do through you. Do you believe that for your life? I remember once when I traveled, I traveled to Pakistan once in my life in 2014. I was about 25 years of age. And uh, for me, it was a big moment because it increased in me what I believed God could do in my life. Um, But it also taught me something about believing that everyone can do it. So let me just share with you. I remember I was prophesied over by uh, the former senior pastor of Coast Community Church. And he said, you're going to preach to tens of thousands. I was like, yeah, cool. You know, I'll be up for it. But I'm... I don't really mind about the numbers. I'd rather just see some really cool stuff, right? But, you know, I'll, I'll take it if it's there. And then this man came along to Keras Community Church who was a pastor in Pakistan. We had no idea who he was, and he just turned up one week, and he shared a little bit from the stage because we didn't know he was coming, so we just let him share a little bit. He started praying for people. People started getting healed. I met up with him the next day, and then he showed me a video of his church in Lahore, Pakistan. And his church in Lahore, Pakistan, on a Sunday, gathers around 10,000 people in Pakistan. 98% Muslim, 10,000 people in a church. And not only that, what astounded me about it is that you had 10,000 people, they all sat on the floor. In, by the way, in the, in the gap between other buildings. So it's not even like they had an area, really. It was just they sat on like a bit of ground. And there would be people that would come and sit down for hours and hours and hours waiting for the service to start because they wanted to be near the front and be near the pastor. And so older ladies would even sit down on the floor for eight hours And then he let me preach, which I was really quite chuffed about, and it was amazing. And I preached, and um, it was an amazing moment. Uh, A couple of people got delivered of demons, and people started, you know, getting healed, and all kinds of crazy stuff started happening. He asked me to preach his healing crusade during the week. Healing crusade in the week, the numbers nearly triple. His healing crusade, because people are so desperate for a miracle in Pakistan, and they know that God is their only solution, that actually they would all come just to gather around this pastor man. His name is Pastor Anwar. And then on Monday, he said to me, you're going to meet me in my office on Monday. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, we're going to pray for people to be healed. And I was like, okay, cool, right, great. And so I went to his office on Monday, and uh, as we arrived, there was a queue of people to his office, which is really a building. And, I mean, I'm talking, there's over a 1,000 people queuing up. And I'm driving past, like, what are these people doing? They're like, oh, they're here to be prayed for today. And I was like, it's going to be a long day. (laughs) Just quick prayers, all right? Let's Let's just get through. And then what happens is, me and Pastor Anwar stand, we have these big chairs, and then they come in, and we stand up, and we pray, and they line up, and we pray for them, and then we we see the miracles happen. Now, what was really fascinating to me is people would queue up. Let's just, let me just be honest with you, Pastor Anwar's line was a lot longer than my line. (laughs) Very fascinating. In fact, it actually got to a point where they were like, just come and have this man pray for you. And they were like, oh, no, 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 I want want Pastor Anwar. (laughs) I know that he's good. I don't know about this other guy. And uh, it was even more funny. Some people I'd pray for, and they would just really not be impressed, and they'd go, thank you, and then they'd just go back and join his queue. (laughs) And uh, it was a really interesting day for Liam. Um, It was very funny as well. When I'd be praying for people, suddenly guys would come along and start massaging every every muscle in my body because we've been standing up for like seven hours and it was just really a strange experience in my life 
But again, I love the moments where you go, what am I doing here? Like, how did I get here right now? I didn't even really ever intend to go to Pakistan. How did I get here? How did this even happen? And yet I'm here and there's, there's two Indian men, uh, Pakistani men, massaging my legs while I'm praying for some people that really don't want me to pray for them, really want the pastor to pray for them. Very strange moment, but I'll tell you a very real moment. Um, some even more interesting things happen. People would bring their disabled children wrapped up in a rug. And they would just lay him before me and be like, you know, sort him out. And I remember thinking, man, I'd, how did I get here? How do, do I have the faith for this? And even one lady came up to me and she said, um, will you pray that my father-in-law stops beating me? And I was like, um, I think that's more of a pastor. We need to actually talk about that. And I said, is he here? And she's standing, yeah, he's right there. And he's literally just standing next to her. And he's listening to her. And I'm like, I, I really don't know how I got here. And uh, this, this very interesting situation. But what astounded me was that all of them thought, mainly because of a Muslim culture, they believed that only one person holds the power. They thought Pastor Anwar held the power and that they didn't have it for themselves. So they would sit down for eight hours. They would queue all day long. They would really, they don't want the white teenage boy praying. They want the pastor, Anwar, to pray because they believed he carried the power. And it really upset me because I really just wanted to declare, and that's what I actually preached on with them because I was so moved by it. I was trying to tell them that you can have the Holy Spirit for yourself. Church, can I tell you today, you can have the Holy Spirit and that kind of power for yourself. You don't need me to come to your house to see something happen. You're there. You must start believing that God wants to use your life for more than you can ask or imagine. You believe in me yet? Let me go, let me go one last time. And then we'll, we'll pray and see what God does. Let me go one last time. What's really interesting about this passage is the town of Samaria had this breakthrough. The woman gets saved, becomes an evangelist and a leader to her people, and she brings them all to know Jesus Christ. Now, what's really interesting is that actually he says the harvest is plentiful. And later on, after Jesus has died and ascended back to heaven, one of the disciples goes back. So in Acts 8, you see the, the disciple Philip, or known as Philip the Evangelist, he goes back to Samaria to reap again the harvest of what God had done. So there, Philip sees this moment, okay? Philip's here at this time in John 4. He sees the moment where all these people give their life to Jesus, and Jesus spends two days with them, and he teaches them about his ways. But he goes back and sees even more. In Acts 8, let's look at it. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. When they heard him and saw the signs that he did, for, for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was so much joy in the city. Do you not see this transition here? 
He went from observing Jesus Christ do it to actually being the person to actually do it. Do you understand sometimes when you read the Bible, you've been relating to the wrong person? If you are a born-again believer filled with the Holy Spirit, you're supposed to relate to Jesus Christ. So when you see him lay hands on people, you shouldn't think, well, Jesus is going to lay hands on me. You should think, I'm supposed to be the one that lays hands on other people. You are supposed to be seeing, you and I, sorry, you and I are supposed to be seeing these types of things happen in our lives. We should be going where God is already moving and saying, you know what, guys, let's see what God can do. I bet you Philip never imagined going to the town of his enemies, standing before everyone, and them all looking at him, ready to listen to him. And in him saying, in Jesus' name, all demons be gone, and suddenly demons start you know, going out. And then anyone who is paralyzed or lame, he says, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk, and they get up and walk. And then he turns a city upside down in an afternoon, and there is then great joy in that city. I bet he never imagined partying with Samaritans. But if you give your life to God, I tell you, you will never know where you're going to end up. If you just say, God, I am yours, I'll do whatever you want me to do, and I'll be whatever you want me to be, you'll be amazed that you'll end up in Estonia praying for young people to be healed. You'll end up in Greece serving refugees. You'll end up living in other nations. You'll end up leading family members to Christ that you thought would never give their life to Christ. You'll be amazed at the healing and breakthrough you're going to see in your life. But you and I need to stand in some confidence and say, that's meant for me. Even though I don't feel like it, that's meant for me. Keith, that's meant for you. Sue, that's meant for you. Andrea, that is meant for you. It's meant for you. That that is your life becomes your testimony. Can I be real with you for a second? I believe there's some people in this room who actually, right now, you've never even thought about what you're going to do, but you're going to end up living in other nations. I'm just telling some of you now so you're prepared when I ask you to go. You're going to live in other nations and you won't even know, but when you're older, the main story of your life is still yet to be told. And you'll say, actually, it was the moment when I went to this nation and moved to that place and started that church or got involved in this ministry that really I saw God do incredible things. There's people in this room right now, you think you're settled and you think you're sorted and, and you're happy with your life right now. And God's like, I have bigger plans for what you're supposed to do. Anyone up for receiving that? Husbands or wives, you can just nudge your partner and be like, that's us if you want. But I want us to believe that God can do more in us and through us when we drink of his spirit. When you drink of the spirit, you overflow. And as you overflow, credible things start happening around you. And maybe, who knows, maybe you'll go to Lahore, Pakistan, and you'll preach to 10,000 people. You never dreamt it would be you. But God is no respecter of persons. If you come to him and say, God, I want to drink of your spirit, he will use you. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? Let's take a moment. We can pray. We're going to drink of the Spirit. We've got a few minutes, but I don't want to keep the kids out too long. Holy Spirit, cause dreams and visions in these people. May they start believing that they really do truly carry the glory of God in their life. May they start to dream of what their life might become, what they might end up doing. 
May they dream of the miracles that they're gonna see in their life. The family members they thought would never ever come to Jesus, but they're gonna. The miracles they, they thought, I shouldn't even pray for it, it's just not worth it, but actually, you're gonna be the one that sees a breakthrough. May you start dreaming of countries and nations that you know you're supposed to be going to. May some of you even dream right now of being pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, in whatever setting it looks like, but will you be ready to dream about it, see how God wants to use you? Some of you, maybe you dream more in this world of like that your business will have an incredible influence and impact on this world. That you as a teacher will have an incredible impact on your class. Maybe some of you right now is just dreaming that you as a husband and wife might become such a powerful, united couple in the Lord. Maybe some of you is dreaming for your kids and your grandkids that they are going to rise up to radically change this world in the name of Jesus. I know it's easy to believe for your kids than it is for yourself, but try believing it for you as well. Lord God, right now, I just want to pray and drink of your spirit. Begin to pray. You can worship him. You can pray to him, whatever you want. Just let him meet with you and speak to him about your life. Thank you, God. Sarah Harvey, I feel like the Lord is going to increase your plans. That his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are greater than your thoughts. That you dream on an earthly level and he wants you to dream in the impossible. Sarah, I say to you, start dreaming of things that are actually impossible for you to even do, even if you tried your whole life. Because he wants to show you how much power and control he has. Believe for bigger things. And I feel like the Lord's saying, it's going to come for you. You don't need to strive or work for it. Just stay close to me as the vine. Keep drinking of the Spirit, and you'll end up there. You won't even know how I got you there. Keep believing it. Thank you, God. I pray on behalf of this church, Jesus, that I'll go anywhere, I'll say anything, I'll be whatever you want me to be. I just want to do your will, and I want to be like you, Jesus. I pray this in your precious name. And everybody said, amen. I hope that was an encouragement to you. I'm going to do one last thing for next week. Next week may be even a little bit tougher to hear, but please come along and, and come and hear it. I love you guys. Absolutely nothing you can do about it. Stay behind, chat, have a coffee, pray with one another. Let's do church still. Amen.